Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Esports, Metaverse, and Beyond. How are you doing today, Chase? I'm doing great, and I'm excited today because we have a special guest. The one, the only, Lewis Johnson. Welcome, welcome to, to the, the show. show. Thank you, guys. Chase and Sage, it's great to see you. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see you too, Mr. Johnson. Thank you for coming. Since, My pleasure. Since this is a show for gamers, we'd like to play a little game before we dive in. Are you up for a bit of fun? Oh, let's do it. Let's have some fun right now. Ready? All right. Who would you rather interview, Mike Tyson or Michael Jordan in their prime? Oh, I would say Michael Jordan for sure. As a matter of fact, I did interview Michael Jordan uh, many years ago, but it was after he had left the Chicago Bulls. He had been traded to another team and uh, he was the visitor at the United Center of Chicago. And that was pretty interesting to see him in the visitor's locker room. So I'd say Michael Jordan. That's amazing. Many people dream to meet Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. He was a really cool guy. Obviously an incredibly talented athlete. One of the greatest ever. Now it's time for a bonus round. What is your favorite family vacation destination? Oh, that's an easy one. Paris, France. And you know why? Why? Because when I was running track and field, one night I was running a meet in the suburbs of Paris, and there was a young lady standing on the fence who I went over and introduced myself to, and she later became my wife, and we have our two sons. So Paris is definitely our favorite destination to visit because half my family is from there. So love it. It's amazing. That's a great story, Mr. Johnson. And it's a true story, too, I promise you. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I know you did. <laughs> it's an amazing story. Thank you. You're awesome. We also heard you had two sons, like you just said. What's your most memorable moment with them? Oh, my gosh. Uh, both of them being born. That is an amazing time, um, an amazing moment that you never forget in the split second. Suddenly you have a child and it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, but we've had a lot of fun watching them grow up and traveling. We love to travel. And so we just had so many great experiences. I can't pick one, but so many great experiences traveling and seeing the world. And with the goal of when you think about something, you dream about something, it doesn't have to be just a fantasy. You can actually go do it. And we hope that we've inspired both of our sons. Julian is the oldest one and Lucas is the youngest to uh Never be afraid to take a chance and go see the world and go see things that you see maybe on your computer or in a book or what have you. Go see. Experience it for yourself. That's our goal. That's a wonderful message, Mr. Johnson. Thanks for Thank playing. You. you earned 400 points, Mr. Johnson. Oh, I do already? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> All right. So for those who don't know who you are, can you explain who you are and what you do? Well, first of all, I'm a husband and a father, and uh, that's the most important job. Uh, and then what I do is completely separate from that, uh, and that is working as a commentator in television covering sports. Um, I started off as a track and field athlete in high school. I wasn't very good. Tried basketball. I was really bad at that and decided to go back to running where I could use whatever God-given talent I had. And I always got a lane in the track meet and um, ran track in high school, did not get a scholarship in college until my second year of walking. I walked on the team at the University of Cincinnati and then went from being a walk-on to an All-American. And then I went to the Olympic trials in 1988. You guys weren't even born yet. And then I got to travel overseas to run professionally. And that was really a big game changer for me. And then after about seven years running as a professional athlete, I crossed over into working in television, but I did a lot of work behind the scenes before that. And so I kind of like double dipped. I was still running as a professional athlete, training hard, and then learning the business of TV behind the scenes. And then in 1995, I retired and moved into TV full time. And so since then, I've been working uh, in television, covering all kinds of sports, started with college football and college basketball, and then moved into uh, covering the Olympics. And so it's been 
been incredible. Twice, I tried to make the Olympic team as an athlete and I failed, didn't work out. But coming up uh, for Beijing here in 2022, it was my 12th Olympics to broadcast. So I guess the story in that is that sometimes you never know how your dreams are going to come true. Didn't make it as an athlete, but I'll be commentating my 12th games and I'm, I'm grateful for that. That's a phenomenal story of trial and error. That's right. That's exactly what it is. Thank you for sharing it. You got it. What is the most exciting part of your career, Mr. Johnson? Oh my gosh. I just love talking to people. I love human interest stories. I love to hear how people arrived where they are. And I don't think there's a greater stage in sports, maybe in life, where you can really get this uh, connection between people, which I would call humanity, from all cultures, all countries around the world who come together with their own individual stories to give their best effort in sports. And I think it really gives the people at home, the viewers, just a lot of inspiration because not everybody can be an Olympic gold medalist. Not everybody can be an Olympian. But we all have a story, all of us, and that's what makes us unique. So I love the human interest stories. And when I get a chance to interview people uh, after they either win or something doesn't go great, there's always an important story there, I think, for people at home. So that's what I love. I love the stories. I love people. And um, that's a great place for me to be able to have those experiences at work. It's, I feel pretty fortunate. That sounds great. So we heard that you have a culture, you have a culture cohesive code, and we'd like to hear more about that. Wow. Yes. So um, you may be able to see the posters on the wall behind me here in my office. And what we are hoping to do, we intend to do is create a movement starting on college campuses. And this is not necessarily diversity training, which is kind of a big word maybe for this show, but it's really a way for people to begin to see each other as they are, really to kind of open up and be more honest and open about who they are, what they experience, what they go through. And I'm going to start with sports locker rooms because it's something I know. Teammates who get together for a common goal to win games or win events, but then they already have some connection together. Does that make sense? Because they're working together as a team. But do you really know who your teammate is? Do you really know what they've been through? Do you really know what their struggles are? Some of those things they keep quiet. Well, the goal is to open those people up to be able to talk more and become more honest about that and to really get each other in touch with their own culture. And what we want to do is foster mutual respect. In other words, we want want people to learn to respect each other on a deeper level. And then also we want people to join this global movement to become what we call a global citizen. So these skills that you can learn in this training that we will uh, begin to roll out later this year, we hope will not only help make you a better teammate, a better person, but also make you more employable when you leave your college experience to go to your job, because you'll always have to relate to people that maybe look different than you, maybe different than you. But do you know how to maybe engage them and communicate with them better? That's what I hope to do. That's what we intend to do. We want to create a movement where people come together and get to know each other, which is exactly similar to what I experienced at the Olympics. That's kind of where the inspiration came from. That is an amazing cause. I'm surprised no one's <laughs> done this before. Lewis. Well, I know. Well, we're going to be the first. We're going to start a global movement, just like the metaverse and beyond, just like you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for informing us on this, Lewis. I'm Mr. Johnson. You got it. No problem. Well, well I'll, keep, I'll let you guys know. I'll keep you informed, okay? Okay. All right. And All if right. I can, I'm going to send you guys some bracelets to say the CC code on it, cultural cohesion code. Can I do that? All right. Yeah, that's fine. Thanks All right. I want you guys on the team. Are you excited about the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics? Absolutely. And you guys know what? I am about uh, five days away from leaving uh, where I live to go to Los Angeles. We have to do some COVID testing. And then I'll leave from there and uh, on the 24th of January to fly to Beijing. And I'm super excited. It's a lot of work to get ready. A lot of homework to prepare to do uh, for my sport. I'll be working the opening ceremony, which is really, really cool to interview some of the athletes as they're going in to walk across the uh, stadium there and be a part of the opening ceremony. And then I'll go up into the mountains where my, where my sport will be, slide 
fighting sports where the luge skeleton and bobsled track is. And I'll be up there for about two and a half weeks and do all those sports. So I'm really excited. So much fun. It'll be a long way, other side of the world, gone for almost a month. But each time it's worth it for sure. Really seems like it's worth it, Mr. Johnson. Really does. Yep. If I were there, I'd be really excited to see all these really cool events. Oh, yeah. You guys will have a great time. And you know what what I'm proposing? I think you guys should set a goal with your family, with your family's approval, of course, to make it to the summer games in 2024. And do you know where they are? Where? I think I've done some some research. Is it Paris? It's Paris. That's right. Bravo. Very good. So I think it would be cool if you guys were there. Maybe you could take your show on the road and do some shows there and meet some of the French kids and talk about all these interesting things about the metaverse and and then, of course, be able to attend some uh, events. That would be pretty awesome. That'd be really cool. Hope to see you there. We can make it if we can make it. You can. Absolutely. Let's do it. Has the Olympic experience been different since the pandemic started? Oh, absolutely. And that's such a great question. Uh, It's night and day different. Um, You know, for all the years that I experienced going to the games, you know, we could get on the airplane, fly over, we can uh, check into our hotel. And then what I love the most is be able to go out and explore an area and get to know a culture by going into the restaurants and eating. And even if you don't speak the language, you learn a few words here and there, but you get out amongst the culture. And then obviously we work very hard during the games. That's all great. But now with the pandemic, for instance, in Tokyo, we couldn't go anywhere. So we have to do a lot of testing, a lot of paperwork um, before we leave. Uh, And then when we arrive, we have a lot of testing, hours of testing at the airport. We have to have all these special credentials. We have to have these special apps on our phone for health checks. And then we're in our hotel. We can't go out and sightsee. We can't go anywhere. Only the hotel and to the stadium for our event and back. So that's been very, very different and very difficult. But when you were there for a greater good, a greater goal, and that is to make sure that the games happen. Uh, we wear our masks to keep the athletes safe and keep our colleagues safe. And everybody's in unison on that. And we go out and we do our job. And even though it may have been super hot in Tokyo, super humid, it's going to be super cold uh, in Beijing up in the mountains. Uh, we're there for a greater reason. And it's beyond me. It's really to help to make sure that this important event like the Olympic Games goes off so that athletes get their chance to compete, live their dreams. Those of us who work in the business love what we do. We get to live our dream of covering it. And the world gets to be inspired by everything we see. So we have to sacrifice some things. And that's part of uh, being a part of a greater society. Uh, That's part of being a global citizen is learning how to sacrifice something for yourself for yourself for the greater good. So it's very, very, very different. Uh, But I'm still willing to do that because I know why I'm going and and there's a greater goal that's important. Okay. You'll also be at the Winter Paralympics this year. What's your favorite event? Well, um, so you guys know I ran track and field and at the summer games, I cover track and field. The winter games, I'm typically doing the winter uh, Olympics. I'm doing the sliding sports, luge, skeleton, bobsled. And so the Paralympics, I'm open to anything. I like wherever they send me. So sometimes it's at the Nordic events like skiing and they, they, so the, the skiing and shooting. Sometimes it's it could be alpine events where you have athletes who are actually skiing down the mountain. Sometimes they're blind skiers. Imagine being a blind skier and you have a guide who skiing down with you. All the audience down at the bottom remains completely quiet because the guide is giving the blind athlete instructions. And then once they cross the finish line, everybody starts cheering. It's unbelievable. Or to see an athlete come down the mountain who doesn't have a right arm or right leg, and they're just coming down on one ski and one arm. To watch those things is incredibly inspiring. So wherever I go at the Paralympics, it doesn't matter. It's always so inspiring because the athletes are doing amazing things. And I think it's a great lesson for all of us to be grateful for what we have and make the best with what we have. And that's what I see there. 
Okay, that sounds very intense. But I'm glad that they're able to push through and still be in the Olympics, even though they might not have an arm. It exactly. Really, uh-huh. It really is inspiring. Yep, absolutely. There's been discussion about having esports in the 2024 Paris Olympic Games. In the Olympic Games, what are your thoughts on this topic? Do you think esports should be in the Olympics? Absolutely. Don't you guys think so as well? Uh-huh. I agree. I do. Absolutely. And I think we need brilliant minds like yours at your age to be able to tell those of us adults who are helping to put things together what what uh, events we need to have, you know, what games need to be involved and if new games to meet, need to be created. Uh, how do we create those games? Uh, and, and there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. We can't worry about that at the moment. But I think that the esports community globally is growing so fast that at some point, the International Olympic Committee will have to introduce some sort of esports game in the Olympics. So what I'm hoping to see is that we have more shows like yours that uh, are not just in the United States, but globally, because you guys can connect kids your age from around the world, ages around the world. And that, that again, brings more people and more interest to something like the Olympics. And so now that we can try to put some kind of game along with it uh, and, and make it work, I think it would just be awesome. So your age group and ones a little bit older than you will lead the way with where esports goes in the Olympics. That's what I believe. Thank you. I really hope esports does get in the Olympics. Me too. Sometimes there just needs to be change. Right, yeah. right. And we can do it. So some critics believe that esports isn't actually a sport. What are your, what's your opinion on that? Well, I hope my face tells you what I think about that. I completely disagree. It is a sport. As a matter of fact, last September when I was in Paris visiting with some family, I did a tour around the city and I was going to different esports venues, kind of meeting people and kind of see how their gaming rooms look like. And I saw some pretty cool stuff. And there's one uh, big uh, team in Paris that has a beautiful location uh, in an area. They've got a great uh, store. They've got a place where people can sit and game with these cool chairs and computers, big screens up on the wall. And they also support a professional team. And what I learned is that that professional team, not only do they train there where they're actually gaming with their coach, they also go to another big stadium that's called the Stade de France, which is the big World Cup stadium. And they go there for their own physical training. They have a personal coach that they do training with. They have uh, they have a nutrition guide. They have all kinds of things. So esports is absolutely a physical sport. And because it takes not only the mind and the uh, hand-eye coordination, but it takes physical strength and stamina to be able to play and be sharp. So I completely agree that it is a, it is a sport and it should be respected and recognized as that. Okay, that makes sense. That's definitely a standpoint that I think more people should consider about esports being in the Olympics instead of it just not being considered a sport. Agreed. So what are some other career options that you see in esports other than just being a gamer? Oh, my goodness. Um, I've learned so much from being around esports for the last couple of years, but I think that everything is available for all the creative people who do art. We need graphics, you know, for people who are, in, who are interested in maybe television like me. There's all the behind the scenes work with producing, directing, technical directing, lighting, audio, everything. For those who want to be announcers, that's all that's important as well. Um, everything you can think about, accounting, um, everything, you know, all the people who do all the digital designs, it's just endless. So whatever you thought you could be be able to do maybe in the world other than esports, you can probably do it within that industry as well. And with the way the industry is growing, I think there'll be so many different jobs. Some of them may not, you may not need to go to college for, but maybe some sort of a trade school to get some technical skills on. And then what I always believe is important is to get experience around the industry. Whatever it is you're interested in, get around it, meet the people, let them 
them get to know you and learn about what it is you need to, to learn to be able to move forward. So absolutely any job you can think of, I think in the regular world, you can also do in esports. That's great. It opens up the door for so much else than just being a gamer. So you could just right. work on the video game and you don't even have to be a gamer. You could be an artist designing characters, yep. scripts. You could get writers. Right. So much more. So much Correct. more. You could even make music. Absolutely. You need music in all the games, right? So whatever you do, you can do anything. It's amazing. And I really didn't know that, guys, until I got around the uh, the business with Map Esports. And it is just amazing what's available. And I think that's what's so important about bringing gaming to the communities in a different way. We want to be able to not just put a controller in a kid's hands to 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 pacify them or to waste time. We want them to be good at gaming, but we also want to introduce you to the avenues or the ways it is to get into career paths uh, across the industry. And I think that's so very important. And so I think people are going to learn more and more about that as the, the industry grows. How can they not just be a couch potato playing games, but use your mind, your skills, your passion, your talent in the industry and have a career. I think that's super exciting. Okay. Now it's time for esports metaverse news. Mr. John, right. what are some exclusive behind the scenes news about the 2022 Winter Olympics? Oh, okay. So I do have some news of the day for you guys. All right, you ready? No. So, first of all, as of today of our discussion, the opening ceremony will happen in 17 days. So that's actually February 4, 2020. The opening ceremony of the Beijing Winter Olympics will happen. I'm super excited because I will actually be there either down on the floor with the athletes doing some interviews or maybe right outside the stadium, not quite sure. But it is a very, very cool experience because all the athletes are so excited. Their dream is finally coming true. They're walking into the stadium and uh, it's really, really happening. And it's cool for us as broadcasters, which is pretty neat. So again, February 4th, 2020, right on NBC, you'll see the opening ceremony. Now, uh, two other very interesting nuggets. I want to introduce to you guys someone by the name of Pierre de Coubertin. He is a Frenchman who is considered the founding father of the modern Olympics. So he was the person who decided that he wanted to see the Olympics really become a global event that really connected everyone together with this idea of Olympism, which is kind of a big word. I don't want to try to explain it, but it's like bringing everybody together under this common roof, these common ideals of the Olympic Games to compete, to give their best. And uh, it's not always about winning a gold medal or what have you, but it's being there, giving your best. And that is what's very important. He also created the Olympic rings. You guys have seen those before, right? Right. Uh, I've seen them. <laughs> And maybe, maybe you guys know the colors of the rings. Do you know some of the colors? Yeah. Yeah. Red, blue, green, yellow. Yeah. Those Orange. are the colors. Excellent. And black as well. Yep. Oh, and I'm not sure if you guys know it, but those colors actually represent something. So um, there, I, I know we have seven continents, right? Mm -hmm. But there are, there are only five rings, which kind of represented the areas that uh, they, he, he, wanted, he was thinking about at the time when the Olympics were going to be kind of reformatted. So we don't include Antarctica and things like that. But uh, from left to right, blue represents Oceania, which would be like Australia down in the South Pacific and all those countries there. Black represents Europe. The red ring represents the Americas, which would be North America and South America. So the Americas, that's red. And then down below, you got yellow, which rep represents Africa. And then green represents Asia. And then all those rings are kind of interlocked, intertwined, which means that all these countries and cultures come together to compete and give their very best. So I thought that was a cool little nugget uh, about the rings that maybe you guys or your, your audience didn't know about. But I've 
always loved the rings. As a matter of fact, I sent you guys some photos of Mr. Coupric, a statue of Mr. Pierre de Coubertin by the Olympic rings. It was just outside the stadium in Tokyo, beautifully lit up at night. And then I took many, many pictures myself by the rings. It's so cool to see it. And it was really neat to see people line up and wait to have their pictures taken by the Olympic rings. So a very, very powerful symbol of global unity and, and people coming together in the name of sport. That's my news of the day. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. You just learn something new every day. I had no idea that the rings even meant something. Yep, they but. sure do. Very important. All right. Mr. Johnson, can you share any advice or inspirational quote of the day for our esports metaverse and beyond tribe? I can. And I think the most important thing I can say to you or anyone is to follow your dreams. Very, very simple, but very important. I think as we grow up in life, we think about things, we change our mind about what we want to do. We want to do this, we want to do that. I think the first thing I want to do is be a fireman, then a policeman, you know, all those kinds of things. And then as you get older, you begin to discover your gifts, your talents, and your passions, most importantly. But I think following your dreams is important. Write it down, put it up on the wall somewhere safe where you can see it to remind you of what you want to do, and then work on the steps to get there. And sometimes our dreams change, and that's okay. So that's part of life. So follow your dreams and your passions, I think is the most important piece of advice or a phrase or a quote I can give you today. Phenomenal advice. That really is something you live by. It's amazing, really. Just follow your dreams and you can end up anything that you really want to be if you try hard enough. That's right. We really enjoyed today's conversation, Mr. Johnson. Thank you for coming on here today. Thank you so much, guys. And I'm going to tell you something. I cannot wait. We cannot wait to see you guys on Map Esports, uh, Esports Network with your show. We are so excited to have you guys both, Chase and Sage, on the network. And we just know it's going to be great, not only for the kids here in America, but for kids around the world. So I think it's super cool what you guys are doing. And I'm excited for you and, and just really proud of what you guys are doing. Your family as well. You guys are awesome. Thank, Thank you, Mr. You. Johnson. And before we go, how can people find you online or on TV even? Ah, so um, I oftentimes post on Twitter, especially when I'm traveling, doing the games. That's kind of a place where I post and give some photos. And I love to share behind the scenes of my experience. So at Lewis Johnson MG, which is for media group, at Lewis Johnson MG on Twitter is a great place to find me. And I think everything that I post on Twitter posts on Facebook. And I got to tell you guys something. I challenge myself at these Olympics coming up that I've got to get better on Instagram. I haven't posted on Instagram in a long time. And I know that's where a lot of people are. So I'm going to do a better job of posting on Instagram. Okay, I'll do that. And of course, uh, starting February 4th in Asia, I'm sorry, in um, in Beijing, you'll be able to see the opening ceremony on uh, on NBC. And then you'll also be able to see the Super Bowl. And right after the Super Bowl, they're going to come right to our venue for the Women's Mono Bob, which is one woman pushing a sled and driving. That's going to be an exciting thing right after the Super Bowl. And I'll be there uh, as well up in the mountains covering luge, skeleton, and bobsled. That'll be super exciting amongst all the other exciting events we'll have at the Beijing Olympics. So that's where I'll be. And you can find me right there. All right, Mr. Johnson. Thank you. We had a wonderful time. I did too, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Oh yeah, check us out on YouTube as well. Okay, bye.